0: Welcome to 2023, which is still very weird for me to say, (laughs) but for most of you here on the main podcast platform, you've actually spent the majority of 2022, really in 2020 or 2021, thanks to the prior bonus episodes between Ken and myself that were being released out here for everybody. So, Really, it's not that big of a stretch, but that's okay. It's time to say goodbye to those, and it is time to move on to the new segment of the Hive Jive, which will be released every Thursday, where I am joined by Miss Natalie B. from Be Mindful, who you may also know as our natural beekeeping expert from the Natural Beekeeping Corners right here on the Hive Jive's main platform. And we have sat down together and created a series of beekeeper chats for your listening enjoyment. But to get you up to speed... We have to, yet again, go back in time. But it's okay. It's just a jump to the left. (laughs) Sorry, I literally couldn't resist. But Time Warp seemed very fitting, because in the last year, in 2022, we have been all over the place. You had a scattering of brand new episodes that were recorded in real time where I actually live up in the Ozarks. And then you have a scattering of bonus episodes throughout the year where I'm still in Texas. And so things get a little bit confusing because those episodes are two years out of place. And now we're getting ready to start a whole new journey that actually originates in September of 2021 and carries forward on going through today. Now, to put it in perspective... When the main segment season three ended, these beekeeper chats immediately started. Now, you didn't get to hear them because they originated and have lived for the last year on our Patreon platform. Patreon is our subscription-based program that we use to actually support and pay for the show. It pays for the equipment, it pays for all of the web hosting, it pays for the podcast platform itself, and it allows us to be able to do these free episodes out there for everybody in the world to hear. So you are going to hear the word Patreon quite a few times because, again, that's where they were recorded, and that's kind of the envelope that they are within. But now that they're coming out here on the main platform— I didn't want you to be going, why are they always talking about that? It's literally not shameless self-promoting. It's because that's literally where they came from. Now, I will, on the note of shameless self-promoting, I will mention, again, these are going to be a little bit out of time. We're starting in September of 2021, and we are moving forward, so they're not going to sync up with the current seasons. But that's okay, because the beekeeper chats are all kinds of different topics, a lot of which... Don't necessarily have anything to do with the specific season, but there's a lot of great information out there between Natalie and myself that we think everybody out there should be able to hear, learn from, and hopefully get some entertainment and some laughs out of as well. But if you don't want to continue feeling like you're in a time warp, you can always join Patreon and help support the show, and you will get access to the current and ongoing beekeeper chats that happen in real time. So, if you feel like you're the person that does not want to be stuck in time, lost out there doing the time warp, you can join us on Patreon and help support the show by going to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Hive And signing up for one of the two tier subscription programs that are out there, which will give you access to the current and ongoing beekeeper chats in real time, as well as a lot of other information out there, while going forward, helping to support the show, and allowing us to continue providing the Hive Jive here on the main platform to everybody around the world to help spread the love of beekeeping. Now... That is not a requirement, though. That is completely at your prerogative, and we are absolutely 1,000% grateful for all the support that we get from any of our listeners. So thank you so much. If you've ever considered it, if you've ever been a Patreon member, if you currently are a Patreon member... We really, really appreciate that support. So that being said, that brings us up to where we are today. It is time to get this off and rolling. I think you now have a good understanding of what you're about to get yourself into. And you can look forward to these Beekeeper Chats being released every single Thursday right here on the main platform. These are going to, again, bridge that gap from Season 3 all the way up until Season 4. But it doesn't stop there. These will continue to be released on Thursdays as additional content Ongoing, So look forward to it. I really hope that you enjoy listening to them. Natalie and I had a great time making them for you guys. And we really, 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 again, appreciate all of the support out there. So thank you so much. Brace yourself because we're getting ready to do the first episode. This episode is a very unscripted fly by the seat of your pants spontaneous conversation between natalie and i that covers a whole variety of topics just in and of itself we had a lot of fun so hopefully you will too and i look forward to talking to you again soon in real time but until then everybody be good now on with the show it's that time again
1: you go beyond the jive jive Join our hosts, John Swan and Natalie B. Brave the sting of the to reap the sweet rewards. All you Hive Jive junkies out there, this is the Hive Jive.
0: So I had to put my phone on uh, on silent because it is constantly going off, and um, People on social media are having a meltdown at the moment.
1: (laughs) What what did I I
0: miss? Well, the, the, the last episode of the beginner beekeeping track of the Hive Jive was just released this morning. Okay. And so it was our farewell send off to Ken and his journey up through this point. And there is, for anybody out there listening who has listened to the episode but maybe didn't do this last part there is an epilogue at the end of it so once the outro music plays and fades out there's about 15 seconds of silence and then it starts back up so if you didn't catch that go back and listen to that part as well that may at least quell some of your anxiety We have messages running the gamut from like, oh, my God, you can't do this to me. I just got caught up. You can't end the show. Uh, Another individual was like, I read this and nearly barfed. (laughs) Like... There's a lot of traumatic uh, reactions there. There, there yeah. was, and that's very flattering. Um, I I greatly appreciate that. It's uh, that's awesome. But as you can tell, if you are here with us on Patreon, um, if you are at the Hive Jive Junkie level, you can still hear us. And if you're at the Bee Academy level... Um, for better or worse, you can see us. <laughs> that's
1: right, with the baseball hat and everything. That's right. I, I am or,
0: or <laughs> I am. I am in, in line with the show. I have Jive up there at least. Uh, my shirt somewhere on here has wicked. Bees, oh, something of
1: so bees. Yes. I'm I'm, I'm.
0: I'm representing both.
1: I'm very neutral today. I don't even have be mindful, jive, anything. I'm just you don't have you anything know, on. Plain. Yeah. Oh, that's yes, that's I okay. do. What do you
0: mean like that? <laughs> For the record, I can see you do have clothing on. That was not what I meant. Not cool, man. Not cool. <laughs> not cool. I'm trying to get us a new subscriber base. Okay, if they can't well, see what not, I'm talking about, I want they'll never them to know. Come
1: to me for my competence level.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, you know, you and I have had some very entertaining conversations in the past when it comes to social media and followers and things like that. And uh, I, I do think. I am going to start being a little bit uh, ballsy more vocal. No, 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 no. They're, they're, they're all tongue in cheek. Okay. They're all tongue in cheek, but I do think that here, not necessarily in the next few weeks or few months, but, but down the road, I am, I've got a few ideas in mind of some videos that I'm going to put out and they're going to be hopefully funny and hysterical I know but what
1: you're
0: gonna do. <laughs> there's one, yeah. There's one that I think you and I did talk about, um, where I'm gonna I'm gonna let some people Don't. do a makeover on me. No, no, yeah, I'm not yeah, gonna yeah. T- I'm not gonna give it all away. <laughs> I'm gonna let some people do a makeover on me. But um, Kevin had a hysterical idea like a year or two ago, and I talked to you about this too when we were talking about how like some of the the female beekeepers and stuff out there you know, they, they're always wearing the tight clothing and doing this and they've got thousands and thousands of followers, you know, and, and I'm like, well, I'm, I'm in it just for like, Hey, this is what we're doing. And let me talk to you about the show and let me teach you about bees. And, and, but apparently that doesn't get the likes or the follows. And I'm not going to, I'm going to be
1: counterculture. Yeah, exactly. you know, my plan, I was thinking about that when I was in the bees the other day, I was like, And I'm going to unveil that for for the Hive Jive people. But basically, my plan is I'm going to be counter. I'm going to be wearing all my gear, my gloves, my thing. And I'm going to talk about how um, we need to encourage people. And there's no shame. We're not trying to one-up anybody. We're not trying to show off. Uh, What we should be known for is our competence level and our knowledge of the bees, not what we look like. Exactly. Uh, Yeah.
0: Exactly. Now competence level though, may go out the window for one of these videos <laughs> 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 because it's, 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 it's priceless. Now it's going to be a little while. So I'll go ahead. I'll tell everybody about this specific one. I told you about this. Oh God. I think back at like a Travis County beekeepers meeting a long time ago, yes. but Kevin had this brilliant idea to see how much attention people were paying to have me up front in proper beekeeping attire talking about the importance of how you need to be aware of your surroundings and things you should take into consideration whenever you're doing your bees exactly in the background (laughs) is a shirtless muscular individual doing yard work or some other various tasks and so like while the video is going on you know it's like oh it's hot out here it takes his shirt off and all this (laughs) other stuff and the whole while the person me up front has oh, no idea, bam, no idea bam. what's going yeah. on behind him. And they're like, you really need to be careful because your neighbors could be out. This could be going on, you know, and here's this person back there like. Ah, la. like <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, yes. that's a great idea. So I think I think there may be some things in the future that may be a little bit tongue in cheek like that, that may be entertaining. We'll see.
1: <laughs> that's not like you to have a sense of humor anyway.
0: Never, <laughs> never. <laughs> I sit here and I like, I have to edit myself most of the time. <laughs> you get carried away? <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, yeah. And I also get carried away with the the four-letter words. Um, the The biggest one, the F-bomb, is probably my favorite thing to say. To- I said I gonna get stung all the time. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, right. I actually, uh, I said this on the podcast a little bit, uh, maybe a couple episodes ago but uh, we have a new neighbor who does arc welding and works with metal all the time. And you can hear him out there. Ow, leap, 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 leap. And I went over to him and I was talking to him the other day and I said, you know, That sounds a lot like me when I'm working a defensive beehive, I'm working through stuff and I get stung and you hear a Yelp and a four letter word. And then I just keep on. And he, the more we talked the more, we were like, Oh my God, you're right. It's the same thing. Because if he's holding something that he's trying to weld together, even though he's got multiple layers of protection on those hot hot. embers and metal still burn through and steam and he still Yelps and says four letter words, but he can't let go and he can't stop what he's doing. Right. And I was like, "Wow, that was an interesting parallel that I would have never drawn to sure. a beekeeper and somebody that works with metal all the time." You
1: Can't drop those bees either. You can't no, drop you that drop that frame; that it's frame. like frame. setting off a bomb. hmm It's like, oh my gosh! All of a sudden, more, much, much more yelps and f bombs.
0: Yes, yes, lots. Um, I, I had a brilliant moment, and I did, I did mention this on the last episode. Um, you know, one brilliant <laughs> one, just easy, just one. For those of you who can't see, she held up a finger and I thought she was telling me to stop. And I was like, okay, yes, I'm sorry. Um, so I had one brilliant moment here where we were doing a removal. Um, and like Ken was talking about, Ken gets stung. Ken, Ken gets stung all the time. I and mean, so mostly. in his chin. And I didn't want him to feel too bad. So I was telling him the story about Jorge and I out doing a removal here very recently and Jorge hasn't been on the job site in quite a while he hasn't done a removal in in a while and he got stung in the finger and he was up at the top of the ladder. And I mean like the hive tool went zinging past my head and like something else, the hose, I think for the back flew off the other side of the ladder. He lets out a tirade of like curse words as he comes scrambling down the ladder and he's holding his finger and he's like, (laughs) Oh my God, why does that hurt so bad? He goes, I've been stung in the effing face and it didn't hurt that bad. Like what is wrong with this? And we had this whole little conversation and then about, 15 minutes later, he got stung in the face. <laughs> and, and I was like, that I was karma. Laugh. That was karma for you saying you got stung in the face and didn't hurt that bad. So they're reminding you. Um, and then I went to the truck to get a drink. And of course, I have to unzip the veil, flip it up so I can drink, put it back down. And all I did was fold down the Velcro. I didn't pull the zippers back. This happened
1: place. to me with a very defensive hive.
0: And then you have 12 bees crawling on your face. I do it way more often than i would care to admit <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why i get that drink i pull it back down i smooth the velcro out I and i walk that. off <laughs> i don't know but i went back up the ladder and i felt the wings of a bee go zip right up the side of my ear and i was like um that's too not close. good and it's i reached close. over and i grabbed it and i pulled it away so that it couldn't get me and i climbed back down the ladder And then I was telling him, I was like, I need you to check me. I've got a hole in my suit Uh somewhere. And as I looked down, I could see it's all open down here. And I was like, oh, man, never mind. I didn't zip it. And so now I got to make sure I got this bee. And I turned my head and pulled the suit away, which put my ear right against the other side. And they stung me through the veil on the ear. So we both ended up getting stung in the head. Of course, we had lots of you know stings in the hands and and whatnot. But I told Ken, I was like, "Don't feel bad." <laughs> that right. day, we all took one to the face in some some area or another. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I, and you know what? I got stung on the lip one time. I I was I I had removed my veil, and apparently, there were still bees in the car. And I didn't really feel it, and then uh, I was—that was right before the chat with the Mindful Keepers, and everybody was like, "Ah, you're fine. Your lip's not swollen the size of a banana." <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, it's. Um, and Jorge didn't swell up either. He—he he was yeah. right here, right underneath his lip, and it ended up looking like he had like an ingrown hair, like just an irritated area, yeah. small little knot. But his lip didn't swell up. And and when you get stung
1: enough times, that's you know that's what happens, right? That,
0: yeah, it 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 can definitely change. Now there was an article, and we're not going to talk about this today because I think it would it would actually be cool to go into more depth about it down the road. Um, but there was an article recently about oddly enough Australian bees, oh. and the more agitated aggressive bees have a stronger, more potent venom because there's oh. more individual protein strains in that venom. There's more of the protein and there's more varieties of the protein in the venom and it actually packs more of a punch and they're looking at it from like a medical perspective to go through and see, you know, could this be used for different treatments and things like that. And I'm like, wow. So if some of the Australian bees that are in a bad mood have that potential, I wonder what our Scudolata genetic, you know, Texas redheaded mutts.
1: Because what we always thought that, you know, what we've, what I've always heard is that they don't, their venom is not more potent. It's just, they're, they're more of them. They're more defensive. So as a general rule, more of them end up stinging you, if anything, they're smaller bees as a, as a general rule. So they should not inject as much venom Right. Uh, it's interesting to hear that in Australia, the defensive bees are, are basically packing more of a punch.
0: They do. They pack more of a punch. And it changes with the temperature, it changes with the climate, and it changes with how agitated they are at the moment. So you can have a colony that, in the right circumstances, doesn't have as much of an effect and doesn't have as much of that protein. But that same colony later, under different circumstances, could actually have more an effect than it did previously. So I thought that was really actually interesting.
1: It's very interesting. And, and the question also is how fast can they switch those levels? Is That's it instantaneous true. or is it over season or periods of time, specific, you know, uh, cycles of the superorganism that they do that? Or is it just as a reaction? Like, can they dial it in?
0: Right. I, it may, I mean... I would almost say that it would have to be not necessarily instantaneous, but mm-hmm. something that they can probably pull off within a matter of minutes. Right. Because if they've gotten agitated enough and they've got themselves worked up to that point, and revved up, they could yeah. then be generating that extra protein. But they have a venom sac, and you would think that that venom sac a also yeah. already has some in it. So yeah, how does that sway and change? That and That's yeah. very
1: interesting. Yeah, I would love to see what the research is on that.
0: Yeah. We'll, we'll dig into that a little bit deeper uh, yes. another day here. So, and I've, I have said, uh, a lot. I think I've said, uh, more than you've said uh, so okay. far.
1: Ah, oh, that would be <laughs> a victory for me. <laughs> I have an excuse too.
0: Sure <laughs> you do. I don't other than it's a Monday morning. <laughs> That's my excuse and I'm sticking with it. That's um, fine. Just got another, I got another message from somebody that said, wow, that affected me emotionally more than I would have expected. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, so what's the plan what 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 uh how do we remedy this
0: well for uh, for all of you who are patreon members who are listening to us today let me put it that way the show is it's going through metamorphosis and i at the moment do not have any idea what season four will look like but i can tell you there will be a season four now ken will not be a prominent part of season four because he has wrapped up his journey on that beginner beekeeper level there may be a a guest appearance every once in a while where mr milan will join us and maybe provide us with another wonderful recipe that is not in any semblance of a logical order whatsoever Um, an
1: update on what's going on after he's uh left the
0: coop give us an update on how things are going with him and his brother and his brother taking care of his hives for him and him doing the fishing guide stuff. And he is working on a new podcast that will be geared more towards hunting and fishing and cooking. And so we, we can get some updates on those things as time allows and goes forward, but here on Patreon, We're going to just have some chats and we're going to go through and talk about some interesting topics and details and use that time to also go through and kind of figure out the format for the next season of the show, which we'll then start releasing on the main platform down the road. Um, everybody here on Patreon also, you should have received messages from me, multiple messages, depending on your level, uh, either telling you to change your tier. If those. You're, yes. Yeah. If you're in the top tiers, change your tiers. So you're actually benefiting from the discounted price. Um, for the lower tiers, there was messages out there about the bonus episodes are going away. And the, the key word with that is quote unquote bonus. So the bonus episodes previously with Ken and I, there are 83 of them here on Patreon. They're gonna slowly start being deleted and removed from the system <gasps> as they're released on the live platform. So oh, they're they're gonna be published out there for everybody to hear, probably two episodes a week. Um, maybe, maybe, I don't know, at least two, probably two. Mm-hmm. I think it'll well, I should say at least one. Probably two, maybe Maybe three. I don't know. But they're going to start being released out there to the general public. And as we release them to the general public, I'm going to remove them from the Patreon feed so that we can start kind of cleaning up some room and making it to where when new people join, if they've been listening to the podcast on the main platform, they're not also like, oh, well, the only thing in here is the stuff that I've just heard or already heard. So that's going to start going away. And we're going to have these weekly chats where we're going to sit down and talk about a whole slew of various topics and kind of see where it goes. And uh, that will, that will kind of bridge the gap. But in the, the background, we are working on more items to go out there. And as soon as Natalie and I can actually nail down some free time, we are going to do some videos as well, some training and yeah. education videos To add to the collection and I've got a couple of tutorials that will actually be coming out on the training platform. um, Probably in the next week, at the most from the time that you hear this. So those will be out there. As far as deeper dive episodes go, let me know some specific topics that you all would like to hear or have more information on. And we can add those to the roster. Ones that I think would be good for the solo deeper dives, I will queue over for that. And ones that I think may be better in a conversational format, then uh, we'll bring up here and we'll talk about on one of these weekly episodes. I think the release date on these is going to be Wednesdays. I think um, traditionally the episodes on Patreon were coming out on Thursdays, oh. and so oh
1: yeah, on Patreon Mondays yeah, was there have dive.
0: Monday was the regular Hive Jive episode and I think Monday and Thursday will be those bonus episodes and then Wednesday here on Patreon for these new ones are going to be Wednesday I think that's that's the plan so in a nutshell that is pretty much um kind of where we're at and what is going on and and this is just a little introductory kind of get you up to speed on everything Hive Jive related and uh we're going to go through we've got a couple of let me actually look here.
1: I wanted to let you know, John, that I'm working on a whole lot of content uh, um, gathering videos when I, I'm, I'm carrying my GoPro and I'm getting stuff from being in the hives. I'm going to do cutouts of that all box that I haven't done yet. <laughs> Damn that box. The, yeah, yeah, and a whole bunch of other things. So um, we'll be able to use some of that if you're interested
0: very cool. I think that would be great, and uh, we can go through and, and put those things up as we, you know, we can stitch all kinds of things together, create all kinds of different training videos for it. I think that would be perfect. So uh, we're going to go through and we'll do some some just little preliminary Q and A's here on this episode, good. and then coming up on the next two episodes, we're going to talk about the business of beekeeping. That's going to be one episode coming up here soon. And another one is going to be the pitfalls of beekeeping. And so we'll we'll talk about that. And so these are going to be some of the topics and these are going to evolve and change as we go through. But the, the whole goal and concept is going to be to have a higher level discussion about bees and beekeeping. And obviously, as you've heard, you know, there's been quite a bit of laughter through the very whole first part of this. So there will still be some entertainment uh, mixed in with your infotainment along the way. We can't so, help it. Uh, no, uh, we just can't. <laughs> so sorry okay so question wise to round out today's episode on the final episode with ken i did go back and ask him some recap questions uh just to get his opinion of how things went so i am going to pose three maybe four questions to you Um, just so I don't know why, just because it was fresh on my mind and it was kind of a fun little transition over here. So number one, when you got started in beekeeping, what was like, now that you've been doing it for a while and you look back on it, what is maybe one misnomer or one thing that you would not have expected when you first got started?
1: I would say how much simpler it can be than what people tell you, which is paradoxical because people tell you it can be simple. You just put bees in a box and you get going. It turns out it's actually much more complicated than that. But very often what happens is that beekeepers that train you will tell you, well, you need to know about all this. You need to do all this. You need to do, you need to have all this stuff. And that's probably what's um, relating to the most is that you need to have all that equipment that you absolutely do not need to have. It can be so very simple and basic from that standpoint that I'm, I'm amazed at the catalogs of equipment and, and the marketing behind all this and what people are doing in the pickyping industry to try to get people to buy their stuff. Yeah. And and that's probably what's the most um, uh, revealing to me is that you don't really need any of that stuff. You can keep it very simple. You can have dishwashing gloves. You can have uh, a knife or hive tool. I'm sorry. I do that all the time. The other day I went in with a spoon (laughs) because it tells you (laughs) I had lost my my hive tool and I went in with a spoon. I was like, oh, well, that's, that's what I have to do. But the very minimum that you need to have is your veil covering your face. And I would say, actually, uh, even beyond that, a jacket. And to feel comfortable, you don't have to show off and just kind of get covered whatever you want to get covered. Once you've got that and you've got some basic knowledge, um, that's not that hard. You don't need all the other stuff. Um, And and of course, I'm doing top bar beekeeping, so that's even simpler, right? right? I don't have to have tons of frames. I don't have to have tons of boxes. Or, or covers or whatever an extractor. I don't have to have all this stuff. So personally, I think that was the biggest revelation: is that it can be super simple.
0: It can absolutely. That is a, a great perspective, and it is completely contradictory to what everybody would necessarily think and and how it would go. Now, one of the things, in of course, you know me, I like to have a little side tangent because random things will pop in my head.
1: Well, um, I'm also curious about what's your uh, revelation.
0: I think I mixed way too many things together and it it has overcomplicated how simple it could be Right. because I've got so many different things going on. So I absolutely see exactly what you had said. Uh, I spent a weekend doing, oh God, I, I don't even know how long ago this was, um, before Les moved to Texas. He came down here and he did a weekend long seminar and I spent and the whole the weekend way- with him.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, less is the key to that statement.
0: Yes. It's yes. the core right yes. there. And I, I spent the whole weekend with him going through and learning directly from him how to do all this different stuff. And from that point, I was like, Langstroth hives be damned. I am getting rid of all this stuff yes. because I don't have room for all of it. I don't want to have to keep buying stuff. This is or so much more simplistic. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so I, I actually had it at one point to where all of my colonies were top bars and only five of them were Langstroth's. And then this bizarre thing happened as I as I ended up being the president of the local association for the county and then eventually a director for the state and then eventually the vice president for the state. I started getting phone calls, especially like even with the podcast itself, I would get phone calls and messages from people in the local area. Hey, you know, my son started this project and he's now gone off to college or I got into this, but the bees got too aggravated and I'm afraid and I don't want to keep going or I found out I'm allergic after the fact and I can't keep this hive. And so people started giving and donating all of these Langstroth colonies to me. And I watched the numbers start growing And then that little, that little balance of like, yay, all top bar. And all of a sudden it started going back. I was like, no, I've got, I actually have to, I have a storage unit now that is on Mm -hmm. permanent rental because I don't have space for all of the stuff that goes with it. So, but then I also started doing like the, the removals and all this other stuff. And there is plenty of time, plenty of times that I'm out there doing a removal And I stop and I'm like, oh, my God, what on earth have I gotten myself into? This shit's for the birds. Like, I'm too old for this. It's too hot out here. Like, you know, just any number of things go through my head because I find myself in some ridiculous situations sometimes that it shouldn't at first thought and and first evaluation shouldn't have been that complicated. And then you find out that there's some weird thing with the structure or, or whatever. Um, so yeah, there, there was a lot of stuff that goes along with that and, and with all of it mixed together, it does make it a little muddled for me. Um, I definitely would love to have the simplicity. And I said this in, in one other episode too, where I said, if you have just one or two hives, beekeeping can be a very Zen beautiful experience if they're your bees and you know them and you mm-hmm. keep them under control and it's all good, you can go out there and just zone out and the world melts away and it's beautiful. Absolutely. But then if you, the more colonies you get, the more work it becomes, even if you don't have a lot of equipment going and checking two hives is way different than checking 10, which is way different than I've got to check 20 hives every day kind of thing. Exactly. Hundreds. Yeah, exactly. And then it's like, you know, I, I found myself at one point where I would go out and I would do a removal Every day of the week, I would then have to take that hive out to the removal yard, drop it off, check the hives out there to make sure they look decent, even if it just like a cursory glance, then I would have to stop by one of the main apiary sites and touch a minimum of 10 hives every single day, just so that at the end of the week, I have checked all of my hives. And that was my breaking point of where I stopped and said, okay, you, you cannot have more than 50 hives unless you're going to hire a staff because you just can't do it. You can't keep up with it.
1: So the difference is that I go in there every two, three weeks instead of every week. Right. So that allows me to have uh, hundreds instead of, and then I work with less. Yep. And I did end up hiring somebody to help out. So, yay. Um, yay. And and then she got
0: COVID. <laughs> I was just getting ready to say, okay. is she okay? Because <laughs> I do remember fine. that.
1: Yeah, okay. she's
0: fine. Very yeah. good. But Damn, still, COVID. I
1: mean, yeah, so it you know that's okay because this season at certain point there's a tipping point where it gets to be the craziness of the spring is behind you. Then there's a lull with the dearth and yeah. then it starts a little bit more in the in the fall as you prepare your hives for the winter but i'm getting to the point where things are stabilizing so that's good but yeah i would say if you have hundreds of hives that you're managing whether them being yours or that of your customers it it adds up really fast and before you know it every week that's all you're doing is getting into bees but i will say when you go into tapa hives you can do uh 16 colonies in an hour you know, or an hour and a half, you yeah. cannot do that with a Langstroth. No, especially if you're doing a real inspection, and then you're going in and you have to lift the bottom boxes and pull out all those frames. It's just kind of so much more time-consuming. So, for the sake of having so many beehives to manage, I'd rather have them all be in top bars.
0: Yep, I absolutely. I I I said that four years ago, and yeah. I still agree today. Yeah. <laughs> um, absolutely, yes. Okay, so the the second question that I asked him to follow up from the first one was, what do you think is the most difficult aspect of beekeeping? And and this may overlap a little bit of our conversation that we just had, but what do you think is the most difficult aspect of it for you?
1: Well, I I think it depends, again, on your goals and what you're doing, right? So for me, it's having enough time to uh, manage all those colonies that I have. But that's not what everybody experiences, I would say for the the you know when you get started and you don't have as many colonies, I would say finding the right kind of information um, and something that you can trust um, because like you know we always say you ask ten beekeepers a question and you get twenty answers. And, Facebook's and the, the devil. <laughs> and, Facebook and YouTube. Uh, so yes, you and got,
0: YouTube and YouTube absolutely YouTube yes.
1: And the other aspect of things is that you end up with uh, most of the advice out there is from commercial beekeepers whose goals are completely different. Uh, so they tell you to do things like trading, feeding, you know, splitting, doing all this stuff, which you don't really need to do. So as far as I'm concerned, um, what was the most difficult is finding a good source of information that was no nonsense, that was not gonna push me to do things commercially uh, when I was just a backyard beekeeper. <laughs> Excuse me, I have allergies. <clears throat> And uh, that was really hard to do, which is kind of why I created my own club, right? Uh, Even even there's two clubs in town and they were at the time still pushing quite a bit. I mean, one of them up north was more treatments. The one in the center city was more just regular uh, and there was talk of treatments and there was talk of everything. But what I wanted to do is really promote the natural beekeeping. Uh, And so I ended up starting my own club and, and getting educated and, uh, that was not the most difficult part because uh, you get a master beekeeper program that's really good. I got the chance to meet with uh, uh, Les, who's my mentor, my friend. And so that was a great source of information for me. But I got lucky. So it's not always the case. It, it's kind of difficult to find the right kind of uh, education and information.
0: That's absolutely true. And that's that was one of the reasons of the podcast is because you find people out there that don't have any neighbors that have bees, don't know anybody in their county that has bees, doesn't have mm-hmm. that resource to go out and go to a meeting or or mentor along somebody and do inspections together to kind of learn and see different aspects. And so the the podcast was designed to originally go through and try to help in those regards where it could. And yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of funny. Also, one of the things that's really funny from the, the different perspective, and I will bring this up again in a moment as an answer to another question but without saying it verbatim um we had a listener at one point get mad and left the show because i had made a political remark about oh. our local senator bailing and leaving the state whenever the state froze and the funny thing was the listener was in pennsylvania so it had nothing oh. to do with texas with local didn't,
1: politics yeah. didn't
0: really need to, to be you know that uh concerned and invested in in what was going on in, an, in another state entirely far away um but i made a comment that i you know i just i said you know i i didn't agree with it um i won't repeat <laughs> the words that i i had said but i i just i said you know i didn't agree with it and ken didn't agree with it either ken was the one that actually had brought it up before the show and had been ranting about it because ken had been without power at that time oh, for yeah. 5 days And they couldn't take a bath. They had no water. They had no electricity. Um, They were, you know, down in one of the little cabins that had gas-powered stoves with the oven and stove on so that they could have heat. And when he looked at it and he was like, wow, you know, thanks for abandoning me and leaving me out here like this while you run off to a beautiful paradise, you know. And so I brought it up to give him the opportunity to express you know invent this himself <laughs> and somehow it turned around to where that was just 100% my idea and not not him at all which is fine but that individual when they left they actually made the comment about how I you know I really didn't like John and the propaganda that he was spewing and pushing oh. anyway and I was just in it for Ken and I really really like less and Natalie's approach way better and oh. I was I was laughing to myself because I was like if you only knew how stranger. close <laughs> we all are together and how much we work together. That's and right. the podcast itself has to be generic, at least yeah. the whole first half of it. It has to be generic because oh, yes. I can't talk about just this one thing because then I alienate all these other people. So right. you have to include all of it in there, but I found it so amusing to myself because I was like, you have no clue. None. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we we do we are very good friends and we talk a lot and it turns out our uh, ideas align quite a bit. So, they do, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs>
0: yes. So when it, when I heard that whole the propaganda that he pushes and all this other stuff, I was like. Uh, okay, <laughs> I'm just going to let you have that one. No, um, I will
1: say though, this is what I will say. I, I get less to, when we have classes, sometimes he'll start by making some comments and, and, and general comments and all stuff. And then at some point he'll go into a political tangent and I'm like yeah. yanking on his yes. uh, shirt. And I'm like, less, less, no politics, no yes.
0: politics. <laughs> politics should never be included whatsoever. And yeah. in the entire life of the show, we had politics mentioned at extremely high levels, very briefly, like right. less than five times.
1: That's the best way to inflame the conversation and have people get mad at each other and walking yep. out, stomping their feet. It's not yeah, yeah. throw it
0: a fit, leaving yeah, leaving the whole to stay show. Away from that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was entertaining though. Um, <laughs> it always yeah. is. That was that was actually probably the most we had ever went into it, and it was because it was more about the freeze and the state losing well, and all of the power. It was
1: very traumatic. It was yeah. uh, the emotions were raw at the time. Yes. We suffered from this. It we was did really bad.
0: <laughs> Come on guys, we live in Texas. It's hot. We don't know how to deal with all that cold weather.
1: I lived three years in Africa plus some time. I lived in the Caribbean. I I left Ohio because I didn't want snow on the ground on the first of May. I went to Texas for a reason. Right. Uh, It's not to have that kind of, you know, experience.
0: Right. Les was in Southern California. He was in New Mexico, Mexico, Arizona, Texas, Jamaica. We're not None of those places have ice storms that Mm -hmm. take out all the power. (laughs) I love our Canadian friends, but that's not my kind of weather. (laughs) That's right. Me either. I am a uh, warm weather bird and I will continue migrating South. (laughs) (laughs) If it gets colder where we are. (laughs) That's right. If, if, If climate change continues and Texas becomes more uh of a four true four seasons and lots of cold i will have to find somewhere further south. we'll be in trouble when the water
1: rises at the coast
0: so that's true that is true um we were looking at the east coast the other day and i actually went back and pulled up a map to overlay it and say how far in is the water going to come if it should ever rise because i need to know where my boundary is oh decisions decisions decisions. i know i know so what's your third question third question what is your favorite aspect of beekeeping?
1: Uh, being with the bees. I mean, uh, you know, there's so many things, actually. I mean, this is why it's a passion. It's addictive. It's a, it's a complete just suck your entire time because there's several things that I love about the bees. Uh, being in the bees is probably the most important ones. You forget everything. You just um have to think about things to be able to tune into what's going on. There's an energy that's coming out. And also you, you end up using all your senses and you dive and you forget the rest of the world. So that's probably my most favorite part. I would say though, the other things that I like is the community, the friends that I've made along the way. Uh, that's amazing. Uh, and, and the, especially you and less and, 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 and less is amazing. And he's got that view on the world and the bees, and he's got that connection. And I, I just, I'm always in awe of what he says and his stories. So that's, that's very fulfilling. There's also the honey. I mean, there's <laughs> I that. The honey. I mean, there's that. I love eating the comb, you know, bite into a piece of comb with honey and, and it's just kind of decadent. Uh, I love when there's a little bit of pollen in it. and I, I just, you know, one of my earliest experiences of helping out uh, when I was training, I, I was helping out a bigger beekeeper uh, and I went into, for the first time, you know, dozens and dozens of hives. And I went to my Chinese class afterwards and I was sitting there and I was like, I can still smell it. I'm on a high, the, the vapors, kind of like the the smells of the hive, just completely, I was high. Yep. So I think that's what it does. When you get into a hive, uh, it's mental, it's emotional, it's almost spiritual. It's just kind of a connection, and, and an experience like no other.
0: Yeah, the aromas that can come out of a colony can be both exhilarating and intoxicating.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, I, I had a video that I posted on social media for Wicked Bee Apiary a while back where I was delivering the final nucs for the year, and they were actually inside the bed of the truck or inside the cab of the truck because it was too uh, yes. hot to put them in the bed. And as I'm driving and the air circulating, all of a sudden I get this smell of the bee bread and the brood and the fresh nectar that had just such a sweet smell to it. And it was all just mixed together. And I was like.
1: Uh, (laughs) yeah and i believe that the propolis vapors you know that they they are using to basically sanitize their brood's nests and it's a vapor that's kind of like hanging out in the brood's nest i think that those smells also do something to you so
0: well in italy they have actual stations where were they well in slovenia I know in Italy, well. they, yeah, I was going to say, I know in Italy, they have little stations where you can go in and it, instead of like an oxygen bar, it's a beehive bar and you can breathe the air directly from the hives. Somewhere I have a
1: mask. I'm going to do that. I'm going to build a little cabin with a bed where you can rest on it That's right. and listen to the hum and smell all the stuff. And I'm going to plug in that mask and it comes with a little motor uh, where you kind of like propel the, the smells yeah. from the Pull hive the and you use that as a therapy.
0: That's awesome.
1: Yeah, so See? I love that,
0: yeah. exciting things to come in the future. That's sure. awesome. <laughs> okay, so for me, the my favorite aspects of beekeeping is one, that being able to zone out and get lost in the yeah. moment, that zen aspect. And I find that a lot when I'm out at the apiary, it's the end of the evening, or I'm at my home apiary and I'm looking at one of the two hives in the backyard. It's the end of the evening. The sun is getting close to setting. It's that golden hour, everything. That's my favorite time of day anyway. And so that already sets the mood. And then I'm in there looking at something and the hive is all calm. And I just, I I lose track of everything, all time, everything. So that's the number one. The number two is I am constantly both learning and surprised, constantly doing the removals i have seen so many bizarre situations and it's always intriguing to me when i'm getting ready to open something up to see how did they compensate for this how did right. they make this work where did they put the comb how did they curve it and bend it you know and how long have they been there how did they survive you know all of that i'm constantly learning and it's always something new to explore and experience and that's very exhilarating to me because then it keeps it from becoming monotonous
1: Well, it's that whole problem solving, both of you, the colony, the superorganism is doing that, that's what you're witnessing and describing, but it's also the problem solving that you're doing, you have to really keep in mind all those parameters, and kind of try to figure out what's going on, what's going on on the outside, the environment, and how that relates to the superorganism and what your goals are. So there's a whole lot of uh, thinking and problem solving, and it's uh, for for people that are uh, love the mental math and the mental exercise. This is going to keep your brains young forever. This it's is amazing. challenging.
0: Yes, yeah. it's very challenging. Yeah. It's, so there you go. Yeah. Those those are the those are the three main questions. The last question would be in a wrap up. What advice would you have to give to new beekeepers?
1: A couple, Uh, work with others as in bee pods, I call those bee pods, so don't get started by yourself, but I would say the main and most important one is um, go for, avoid following the advice from commercial beekeepers, really be discerning in what you hear, and and, uh, according to your goals, find the sources of information that will fit that goal. Uh, you have to think first what kind of hive you're going to want, what kind of beekeeping style you're going to want. That's going to inform what kind of hive you're going to get. And also realize that there's a whole lot of information that's geared towards commercial beekeeping that you do not have to do. Right. So that's why it's so much um, easier to go with natural beekeeping, in my opinion, because you're not, uh, you're not. Fo- oh, here's a big one. Get good bees, treatment-free bees that are local to your area. That's the biggest piece of advice that I probably would give a brand new beekeeper. That's the key to success.
0: You would be very proud and probably extremely shocked that that was one of Ken's final parting thoughts was find someone like myself that you can ask, where can I get bees from my area? And find those breeders that do local bees like you guys do and use the swarms and the local genetics as as opposed to going and buying all the packages, which is what he did for multiple years in a row. (laughs) Yes.
1: And those bees are going to be local and adapted and resilient because they're surviving on their own. They might not all come from feral or wild stock. They might be escaping from managed uh, apiaries and be treated, but, you know, they're still local. And uh, they might still do good for you and you might still observe them. And at that point, um, you can decide at that point what you want to do. But if you are going to go and purchase bees, get them from reputable local treatment-free beekeepers for the highest right. chances of success. And I would say go to bee-mindful.com resources for a map of local providers in North America. Um, That's right. They're adding more suppliers every time.
0: That is an awesome actual resource to have out there as well. And for everybody listening, in case you're new to the the Patreon episodes and you've not heard it before and you didn't necessarily see the post, because there is a post out there that Mm -hmm. is open to the public. But in case you didn't see it and you're ever curious about the Top Bar Hive plans, you can go to b mindfulcom slash plans and you can find the Top Bar plans there as well and uh, (laughs) download them, use them. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah.
1: I'm glad that you remember the URL. I try to make it super easy.
0: Well, that's good. I actually give it out constantly. Yeah. There's always somebody that's writing in that maybe doesn't listen on Patreon or didn't see the post on social media. And they're like, hey, I would really love to do a top bar. Do you have a plan? And I'm like, yep, here you go. Be mindful, right Les Crowder and Nedley. They got this amazing thing here. It's all done. It's all lined out. Use this. <laughs>
1: we have a video now that shows uh, one of our customers taped himself and made a really nice video uh, that he posted on YouTube on how to make them? So he's cutting them, assembling and all this stuff. I'm going to make another one with even more detail. Else, like really, like um, educational, uh, like um, how to from A to Z, and it's gonna have also how to do the uh, conversions from Langstroth and all kinds of stuff. So
0: very cool. I definitely look forward to that. Mm-hmm. Um, my parting words for anybody getting started in beekeeping or even in just their first year of beekeeping is very simply: beekeeping is beekeeping. Do not worry about the containers and do not worry about the shapes and the sizes and the depths and the dimensions Mm -hmm. beekeeping is beekeeping so learn the core of beekeeping and apply it to your situation and if you're the only person in an area that wants to do a specific style maybe you want to do a lay-ins, or maybe you want to do a top bar and everybody around you does langstroth don't let that defeat you Because it's still beekeeping is beekeeping. You're going to be looking for the same things in your colony that those other people are looking for. You're going to be managing, for the most part, the same exact scenarios. It's just going to be a different shape. And that's all there is to it. So don't overcomplicate it. Don't feel like you can't do something because it's not what everybody in your area is doing. And always take everything, even the stuff that you hear on the show. Because I have tried as much as I can to try and make things as universally open as possible and give you different options to say, well, if you're in this area, you could try this, but if you're in that area, you should try that. Or ultimately you could just do this instead and and to do it in plain English. So anytime you read a book, anytime you see a posting, there may be a kernel of information in there that may apply to you, but always take it with a grain of salt and keep in mind your environment, your weather patterns, your time of season and your specific bees. Because you can have people just a few blocks away from each other, and what works for the one doesn't for the other, and vice versa.
1: So, the moral of the story is tune into the nature of bees.
0: Ah, that's exactly right. So, how do you know what you need to do in your colony? You need to look inside the colony and see what the bees are doing. Are they bringing in nectar? I don't know. Look inside the comb and see what they're doing. Are they bringing in pollen? I don't know. Look at the colony and see what they're doing. But But you eventually... But also that's how you that's how you does. learn. That's right. exactly it. That's how you learn is because and that was one of the things that I spent a year and a half trying to beat into Ken's head and he, it finally became a joke with him. But he still wouldn't go out there and do it. And he would constantly ask me, do I need to be feeding right now? And the answer always know. was, "It depends." I don't know. Did you look inside your colony? You have to know what's going on. But once you learn the ebb and flow of your bees and also the ebb and flow of your environment, then you can answer your own questions and it's going to be specific to you and to your area. Um, You know, people up North have to wrap their colonies and they need more honey than people in the Mm -hmm. South that don't have to wrap their colonies. But at the same time, if you wrap your colony in the South, you actually provide insulated value. So you didn't do any harm. You know, there's like all these different aspects to it that, that can kind of go hand in hand, but yeah, beekeeping is beekeeping. No matter what aspect you're looking at it from.
1: Yep. And then be educated about what the super organism does and its cycles and why they do things the way they do.
0: Be a beekeeper, not a bee haver.
1: Exactly.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in for our first new episode here on Patreon, where we're kind of going with this new format. um, To speak for myself and Natalie both, we really appreciate it. And we look forward to apparently seeing you um, or you listening to us here again in the near future. We'll have another episode out next week. So look forward to that. And until then, everybody be good. Be mindful. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye.
1: This Hive Jive production was made possible by amazing patrons like you. And we appreciate your support. To all our Hive Jive junkies out there, you truly are. The Bee's Knees.